This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. <laughs> nice. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen of the Decibel Geek Podcast. We are now in 2012, and that belch is a new sign that we are recording this it's show still live. Will to be, damn it! Order that. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Yeah, See, we, definitely recording it live because the mishaps are yeah, already we, beginning. We, we've got all of our sound effects going at the same time, so I'm just going to leave it in. But, uh, yeah, brand new year. We're going to try things a new way. And i um, joined here, by, as always, by my partner in crime, Aaron Camaro. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, Chris. Glad to uh, be back doing this again. We're sorry it's been so long, but uh, a lot of people ran all their best of shows, and we just went ahead and spent time with our loved ones and Aaron ate sardines. So. Hey, sardines are very metal. Look at the can they come in. Metal. Metal. <laughs> Greasy, smelly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> all right. Well, we didn't have a super big planned out show this week, but we know we want to uh, give our faithful listeners something to listen to, and so we thought we would gab just a little bit. Um, get anything for your Christmas in particular? Any rock-related stuff that you got this year? Heck, yeah. I got my two favorite things I got for Christmas. One, the Ace Frehley autobiography, No Regrets. Uh-huh. Love it. I'm about halfway through it. I'm through the Kiss years. Uh-huh. There's some very interesting stuff in that book, stuff I didn't even know. you know. And I'm a huge Kiss fan. think I know it all. You know, I've been studying Kiss for years. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that book's really good so far. I can't wait to finish it up. That's good. I might rent it to you when it's when I'm done with it. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to check that <laughs> one out. How does it does it stack up against the uh, Kiss and Tell book that was put out years ago that that slagged him pretty bad? I mean, you know, it matches up because yeah. I'm sure that Ace really gave Gene Simmons plenty of reasons not to like him in the day, but because. <laughs> You know, and even admittedly in the book, you know, Ace will say, I, you know, I was messed up for a lot of it, you know, and I was doing all kinds of crazy things, and it would surely piss anybody off that was around me at that time. Mm-hmm. So Ace's book, it comes off as real honest, you know, and it's definitely, you know, the books all match up. It's just from a different perspective, you know. Once, right. once Peter's book comes out and, and Paul's books come up, uh, book comes out, you know, which I'm sure will eventually happen. I, I heard Peter was working on one. You know, it'll kind of be like The Dirt was, you know, right. where it was split up in the chapters with different guys' perspectives, and it'll kind of, you know, the four books will definitely go together. It'll be interesting once all four of them are out mm-hmm. to sit down and read all four of them in a row, and then you get the get the full picture from all ends, and then you'll be able to tell who's full of shit and who's not. Right. Uh, you'd have to use jeans for your commercial break, basically, with, yeah. with all the, the promotion. Peters, I think, is... If he's been honest about how long it's taken him to write write this book, and I mentioned this on Podcast, another show that I help out on sometimes, that if uh, if we're go- if we're going to go honestly with how far back Peter goes with talking about this book, it's got to be up to about eight thousand pages by this point because I think he started in the late eighties talking about writing this book, so it's going to be the heaviest book known to man, I, I would yeah. guess. So the monster of all books, but uh, 
So you got the Ace Frehley No Regrets. That's a pretty good, pretty good thing. Did your the wife give that to you? Oh yeah, number yeah. one on my Christmas list. Wow, number two, cool. the Rocksmith for uh, Xbox 360. The, it's the like it's like Guitar Hero, uh-huh. but you use your real guitar. See that I like that because it's like not just too. pressing stupid buttons and stuff. You're actually right. you're learning a real skill there. Yeah, so exactly. I'm gonna have to come over there and uh, and challenge you sometime. I haven't, I, haven't pl- I haven't played guitar in so long. But, uh, It'll probably be awful. Speaking of Ace, which I don't I hope you don't mind me mentioning this, this I want to let everyone realize how big of an Ace Frehley fan Aaron is. Aaron actually named his son Ace. Yeah, my my firstborn and only son, his first name is legitimately Ace. So you, you're not going to find a bigger fan than that. And you, but it was just it was one of those things, you know. When I was a kid, I always said, "Man, you know, Ace is such a cool name." You know, when I mm-hmm. one day when I grow up and have a kid, I'm going to name him Ace. You know, and I always you know anytime anybody would talk about that kind of stuff, I'd be like, "It's Ace." You know, I name mm-hmm. him Ace. Right. And then, you know, and on top of that, you know, my name is Aaron, and my brother's name is Eric, and it's spelled A-R-I-C-K, so it was kind of like the tradition of keeping it, you know, you name your son with an A. Right. You know, my brother did the same thing. His son's name is Alexander. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Ace was born, it came time to pick the name, and then it's like, well, you know, that's kind of a far-out name to name your kid, and everybody's, you know, my mom's like, yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's such a great idea. Uh-huh. And... uh so we're th- I'm thinking of all these other names that start with A, and you know we just agreed that you know if it was a girl, his mom would pick out the first name, and I'd get the middle name, and vice versa if it was a boy. So then when he he was born a boy, through you know several months of of hoping, wishing, and praying, then uh, I decided just to go ahead. You know even though you know it is kind of a tribute to Ace Frehley because that's the only place I've ever heard the name other than like you know other stuff yeah. since, but. Uh, you know, what a cool name, yeah. you know, and ever since he was little, he'd say, people would say to him, what's your name? Well, my name's Ace. <laughs> what's your real name? Well, it's Ace. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and now it's just, you know, in today's day and world, you know, it takes so much to get noticed, you know, for what you're trying to do, whatever your chosen field is, you know, and I always figured with a name like Ace, you know, it's it's one step in his favor already because no one's ever going to forget his name. Now, if he has a, if he ends up having a stepbrother, you're going to name him Tommy? Uh yeah, and then I'll make him wear all Ace's <laughs> wear all clothes. clothes yeah. yeah, it's all hand-me-downs right. for Tommy. Right, all the same gear. And then you've got the the weird cousin named Vinny. Yeah, <laughs> that we never sent, leaves the house. We sent him off. <laughs> He's in boot camp. Kitty well, boot camp. While we're on the subject of Vinny, here's um his uh, recent musical output for this all one. All right, I'm ready for it. Let it rip. Oh yeah. Wait, I think I. Yeah. Do you hear that? It sounds like an, a lawsuit being filed, doesn't it? a swamp somewhere in Smyrna. Maybe. But anyway, on to the next topic. Um, I had a good holiday, too. I uh, didn't really have any Kiss Miss stuff. i uh, just happy to get my kids some stuff, but uh, watched plenty of Kiss videos like I always do. And I uh, actually got into watching the uh, Paul Stanley One Life Kiss uh, DVD. Yeah. That's a, that's a great concert. I, would, I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing him do another solo tour. That would be that pretty cool, because per- it seems like band. he picks out pretty cool tunes when he's doing Oh, tours. yeah. I mean, you, you get to hear A Million to One and yeah. uh, Magic Touch and some, yeah. some stuff that's a little off the beaten path. Um Speaking of Kiss, I want to give some acknowledgement to a friend of mine who also runs a Kiss podcast, uh, Cassius Morris, who is a 13-year-old kid who has his own Kiss podcast. Really? He's up in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and uh, he's been doing it for about a year and a half, and this kid's so ambitious, it's amazing. But the other night, um, every now and then he does this thing where he just goes on a live stream on his webcam and just answers questions for people, talks about music and stuff. Yeah. And out of nowhere, Eric Singer called in on the show and did an hour-long interview with him. Nice. Yeah, it's amazing. And if if you want to check it out, um, the podcast is called Creatures of the Net. 
And, I like that. Uh, you go, I think it's creaturesofthenet.webs.com. I'll put a link in the show notes for this episode, and you can check it out. But just wanted to give a tip of the hat to Cash. He's 13 years old, already interviewed a That's member of Kiss. Cool. So, yeah, yeah, that but, kid's going to be a superstar He someday. is, and he's even already had a TV appearance on national news in Canada for his show. So it's like, I, you know, we're going to have to talk to him and find out what his secret is. So uh, yeah. maybe we can get somebody on our Makes show. Makes you wonder, you know, had, had we had this technology at that age, you know, mm-hmm. we'd probably be doing the same kind oh, of sure. stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, ama- like it's amazing. It's like the fourth wall's just been broken because... You know, I'm, I mean, the t- the few people I've gotten to talk to through doing interviews through websites and just for what we've done on our show, you know, getting to talk to, with uh, Russ Dwarf, you yeah. know, a few months ago. And, that was awesome. And, you know, and getting to know Mitch LaFon from Brave Words. You know, th- that, that's somebody I grew up, you know, reading his, his uh, stories, you know. Right. So it's like... Social networking and uh, the internet and everything is really—it's really taking things to up a new a notch. And you know, because back then when we were growing up, we were just happy to get an issue of Hit Parader and find exactly. out, you know, what happened what two happened months ago. Two months ago, <laughs> exactly. I was thinking about that the other day. You know, when you when you think about when you when we were younger at our age, you know, you had to rely on. You know, you'd hear something out about your favorite band on the radio, the latest news, you know, if you were lucky. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or, you know, like you say, Hit Parader or Metal Edge magazine. And even that, you know, that's brand new news to you. Yeah. But in reality, you know, it's it's months old. Right. And, uh, you know, so you, you think you're up on things, but you're really not, you know. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, it's everything is so instant, you know. If, yeah. if something happens, you know, you're going to see it on TMZ or you're going to read about it on, you know, uh, blabbermouth or uh, mm-hmm. brave words or maybe even hear about it here on the decibel geek podcast if yep. we can keep things current enough which yeah. we're gonna try we're here trying, in the new year we're doing it today we're gonna we're gonna hopefully have this episode up today so uh you know warts and all but uh you know as in cassius's case you know he got an interview with eric singer and we found out you know the drums for the new album are going to be heavier along the lines of uh carnival souls nice. and uh revenge and you know we found that out just hours ago so it's just it's amazing how how easy it is to get this stuff but uh we're gonna go ahead and take a, just a quick little break and uh, regroup and uh check out this little this cool commercial i uh, i found recently online they said no one could be more bizarre than Alice Cooper or more destructive than Kiss. They have not seen a sex pistols. <laughs> Tuesday night, Stone City Attractions presents live the Sex Pistols. Sex Pistols, denied admittance to the United States. The Sex Pistols bring the new wave to the Metroplex this Tuesday night in the Longhorn Ballroom. Experience the Sex Pistols. Tickets available for only three fifty at amusement ticket service, Sound Warehouse, and Fantasia. They said it couldn't happen, but it happens Tuesday night. The Sex Pistols. Is that real? Yeah, that's a real commercial from uh, 1977. Now, now here goes another commercial. Now <laughs> we pause that. We'll play that next break. Um, but yeah, that's a Sex Pistols commercial from 1977 when they did that. Uh, they did a tour of the South of the Southern states, and they did, they did the Longhorn Ballroom in Dallas. They would they it's like they purposely wanted to find crowds that would hate them. Right. And have you seen the movie The Filth and the Fury about the Sex Pistols? No. It shows a lot of footage from these shows, and like there are people throwing beer bottles at them. You got Sid imagine. Vicious hitting people over the head with his bass guitar. That's like <laughs> that uh, that Gigi Allen. Oh video. yeah, we yeah. owe the Dirty South tour or whatever oh, yeah. it was where. 
I mean, that guy was nuts, but he was just asking for trouble hitting all these, you know, southern podunk towns. Yeah, G.G. Allen, uh, the movie's called Hated. It's a yeah. documentary about him. That that guy was nuts, man. Jesus Christ Allen was his name. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't checked that one out, it'll. Uh, we talked about this in my, the documentary show I did a few months ago. But, uh, yeah, it's called Hated, and it was actually produced by, um, what was his name? I can't remember the name right offhand, but the same guy that did The Hangover. It was his first film. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was a documentary about Gigi Allen. Check that out. And uh, you see his final day alive where he did a show. And as you, in Gigi Allen fashion, stripped off all of his clothes, smeared shit all over himself, and then walked out buck naked around the streets of New York looking for heroin. And then uh, OD'd a few hours later. But yeah, you Insane. see, there's a video of him walking all through the streets of Manhattan. Wow. But uh, yeah, that's a good that's one. A, you know, that's a pretty good way to promote the Sex Pistols, though. When they're coming to the States, you know, they're they're bigger than Alice Cooper and Kiss. Oh, yeah, and, they made them out so scary. You know, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I guess, you know, it works. I, I, I like the Sex Pistols for the showmanship factor. I, certainly not the most technically proficient band of all time. And, no, uh, but, you know, their songs had catchy hooks. They were them, memorable. You know? yeah. yeah, they were They were definitely unique. And uh, although, uh, if you've seen anything about the Ramones, the Ramones kind of partly blame the Sex Pistols for them not getting to break through because... The Sex Pistols sort of made everyone in America think that, oh my God, punk is just all of these nutty right. idiots that are, you know, killing each other or putting stuff through their noses. And the Ramones were actually pretty, they were pretty tame as far as people were go. I mean, Dee Dee right. had a drug problem, but they weren't like violent guys or anything. No, that wasn't, you know, and when it comes down to it, any form of entertainment, bands, whatever, everybody's got their gimmick. Everybody's got their niche they're trying to get into. And, you know, punk rock was a thing. But the Ramones and the Sex Pistols were very different, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I even say the Ramones are more like, they're almost more like a rock band, you yeah. know, to me, than, I agree. than a punk band. Yeah. There's a fit. Did you see the video I, I shared on Facebook the other day of the kindergarten class doing Judy as a punk? No, I must have missed that. I'll one. put that on on the, uh, the the site with this episode. Also, it's a some that's got this guy in front of a class with a guitar in front of a class. It looks like it's in Taiwan or something. Yeah. And he starts playing the chords and everything, and he's singing, starts singing "Judy is a Punk," and every time it goes into the chorus, this whole room full of kindergartners starts singing "Judy is a Punk" back to him. Wow! And I was like, "This is this just renewed my faith in mankind." That's pretty cool. <laughs> Seeing the Ramones being sung by a group of kindergartners is Man. great. The only bad thing is if that ever happened here in the states, you know, that teacher would probably get fired, you know, ten minutes later. Yeah, seeing as like the main line of the song is "Perhaps they'll die." Yeah. <laughs> you know? So. But it was, uh, funny. it was funny. It was heartwarming. But uh, check that out. Back onto the subject of the holidays. Right before the holidays happened, me and Aaron actually got to venture out to uh, to see a, a show here in town. And yeah. uh, why don't you tell tell the folks about what we went and saw? It was a good time. It was uh, Toys for Tots here in Nashville, Tennessee, at a bar called Drifters over in East Nashville. Very cool place. Um, it was John Karabi doing an acoustic set. And it was John Karabi and friends, so, you know, he'd get up and play for a while, do three, four songs, you know, and get down, and somebody else would get up, and I'd go grab a beer, and then we'd hang out, and it was a good time, you know, real and good grab time. grab another beer. And another beer, and another beer, yeah. Was I was fun. the driver. Thank goodness. I'm an excellent driver. And, uh... I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. <laughs> it was an interesting show. I think I remember more of it than Aaron does. Um, but it was fun. It was, it was so intimate. It was only like 50, probably 50, 60 people under this tent yeah. that were watching the show. And then the bar was full next door. But, um... You, me, Jeff Labar, and 57 and, other people. Yeah, I was going to mention this. Jeff Labar from Cinderella showed up, yeah. who was uh, really good friends with John, obviously. They just toured together. And Jeff was, uh, walking with a cane. And, uh... 
I was like, I, I think I said something like, that's a cool cane. And he's like, well, this is not for decoration. And he's like, I guess he re- Jeff recently had uh, hip replacement surgery yeah. after uh, years of uh, throwing his guitar around his body <laughs> like he does. So, um, uh, but he was uh, he was pretty cool, and uh, I, I tried to push him a little bit for some information about Cinderella because a lot of fans always like, when the fuck is Cinderella going to put a new record out? It's been a while. It's been like 15 years, and... Uh, I said, so uh, any new uh, Cinderella music come down the pike? He's like, no. Nope. And I said, well, what's going on? And he said, well, Kiefer's been working on his solo record for like 10 plus years. And, and uh, he's like, he, he kind of gave me the impression of nobody wants to hear that. I, I, if he's listening, I'd like him to know that I would, I'd be interested in hearing I mean, a new yeah, record. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the world is holding their breath Not, for the Tom Kiefer solo album, but you know, know I wouldn't mind hearing. I it. I want to hear all of that yeah. stuff, but because that, that's our, those are our guys, you sure. know. That, but uh, he was nice, and you know, he took time out to talk to us for a yeah, few minutes. Yeah, he was super cool. So uh, yeah, and you know, he he looked well, and uh, Karabi gave him some props from the stage because Karabi was doing some acoustic soloing and he was like, I know I'm not Jeff Labar, you know, yeah. what would Jeff do if, yeah, right. if, if he did this? Because uh, Karabi is a, is a good writer and a good rhythm player, but he's definitely not Jeff Labar in the lead no. department. But uh, some of the interest, some interesting songs were played uh, by by John. Uh, he did uh, Love I Don't Need Anymore from yeah. Union. Uh, what does he do from, he did Hooligan's Holiday. That Hooligan's Holiday he did was really cool because yeah. it was like they reworked the yeah, song. Yeah, it was like a rebuilt song. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah, that that got, I think just about the whole crowd was singing that one along yeah, with him. Yeah, that uh, definitely got the biggest pop out of the crowd of the night. He sure. did uh, Love Shine. Yeah, off that the, was pretty off the crew cool. record. Yeah. Uh, he did a couple of Scream tunes, I think. Um a few, and then he, of course, he he had to do some covers because this was this was a kind of a covers crowd. It was right. you know, laid back Christmas party type. Yeah, vibe. definitely laid back. So, uh, and he had his band on stage, and it was just a fun little night, you know. And it it, it felt like hanging out in the living room watching him play songs, yeah. you know. And and he, I talked to him for a couple of minutes. Aaron talked to him for a couple of minutes. He was, you know, as approachable as you can be. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was a fun night all around. And then uh, we went over, and the debauchery continued at a place called Red Ooh. Door across the street. It was, was a good time. I mean, I, we got rowdy over there. It was so. It was such an interesting thing because this was East Nashville, and those of you who don't know East Nashville, which a lot, we have a lot of listeners that are not in Nashville. Um, East Nashville is kind of known as like the hipster part right. of town. And, you know, and there's like the, the, the nerdy those are guys. The, the cool bars to right. hang out over and, there, uh, real Abercrombie and Fitch type crowd. Well, yeah, you know, you never know. Glasses. You never know what kind of bullshit they'll be so, playing on the jukebox yeah. when you walk into the bar. So we're, you know, all of us were over there at. Um, drifters first and we're all headbangers and all the long hairs are over there yeah. so then everybody's like well where's the closest bar and we're like well red door's right over here yeah so we you, followed my buddy tommy he just led us right over there you had all these headbangers going into this bar filled with all these hipsters and it was such it was the most interesting blend of people i had ever seen in one bar and then like one minute you would hear I don't know, like Golgoroth death metal book playing yeah, on the jukebox, yeah. and the next minute you would hear like Ryan Adams or some yeah, shit. Yeah, it was <laughs> crazy. You know, you really had to, the DJ, whoever was spinning the tunes that night, really assessed his crowd and, you know, gave each part, you know, back and forth just enough to keep everybody in there. It was it was an he interesting night for sure. And, you know, those of you that didn't get to come, um, Karabi's uh, putting out, an, I think, an all acoustic album. Yep. On, uh, he mentioned that. I want to hear an all electric thing yeah. from him. I'm hoping he puts a full band together and does that. But uh, we'll give you updates on that because he's local and uh, we're still hoping to get him on for a full interview. Uh, a couple other things we want to touch on, some new uh, recent news that's come up. Uh, this isn't really a GeekWire episode, but we'll, c- we'll cover a few topics. Um, 
everyone's reeling from the news that uh, looks like Van Halen is for real with it's uh, actually going to happen this, this time. new album. Yes, and uh, the the word leaked out. I think it was yesterday that the uh, the new single is going to be a song called Tattoo. Nice, and it's supposed to come out uh, next Tuesday on the tenth. Oh yeah, and uh, I don't I don't know what Dave's uh, thing with uh, little people is, but uh, you know we're going to name it after the. Uh... Oh yeah. <laughs> No. That guy loves midgets. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I can't take credit for that joke because uh, a buddy of mine from another podcast called From Out of Nowhere, he put a thing saying something like, we're happy to see that Van Halen's writing a song about the little midget from Fantasy Island. It's awesome. So, I uh, love that guy. He deserves a song written about him. So yeah, Who better than Van Halen? It's uh, it's exciting to hear what they're going to put out on, on record. And uh, Yeah, for sure. The only thing that it's lacking is Michael Anthony. I agree. I, I, I agree. so wish they would get back with him. I like Wolfie's good and all, but why not just get the whole band together but that's just my opinion yeah i mean i I guess i understand you know the the old man wants to give the kid a shot and everything but why not you know take your resources of van halen and have this kid you know put it let him put his own band together let him do his own thing and let them open for you you know you're doing the kid more of a credit by doing that Mm -hmm. and then have your original bass player in the band you know let your kid open for you if you're going to do that yeah I, i agree i just if you and if you listen to what Hagar said, it's apparently because Michael Anthony went to play with Sammy Hagar with Chickenfoot and yeah. Eddie. You know, there's all the bad blood and all that. But but I'm gonna try to not let that bring me down because I'm excited because there's a new Van Halen record with yeah. Roth. And, yeah. Uh, so it, you know, I want to. I'm. I really, really want to see what this is gonna sound like. And uh, I I have high hopes and hopefully they don't dash them. But uh, and they're going on tour. And they're gonna go on tour. And the first date has already leaked and it's Louisville, Kentucky. So. Uh road trip if a nashville date doesn't get announced i think we may have to do a decibel geek road trip up to uh, louisville to see that'd be that. awesome we'll just pack all the gear into a van and hit the road yeah and we'll, we'll interview drunk people outside the venue <laughs> so, i'll be able to relate with them well yeah aaron will be aaron will be doing like jaeger bombs with them <laughs> so, but uh yeah so let's go ahead and take another quick break and we'll come back with another couple quick announcements and this is going to be a quick show but we'll uh we'll be right back Now, we know you love the Decibel Geek Podcast, but right now I'd like to take a moment to turn you on to our friend's show, um, the PWAshow.com, talking about Corey H. and D-Brew. Now, these guys cover a wide array of subjects, and you never know what you're going to hear these guys talking about, but I can tell you this, I guarantee that it's always going to be funny, and it's always going to be entertaining. That's true. Uh, If you want to hear all the new talk about Occupy Nashville, adult onesies, and a, a whole bunch of crank calls to Walmart employees... This is the show for you. Uh, Corey is kind of a hippie-ish guy who likes to go to Whole Foods and pay twice as much for groceries as everyone else. And D-Brew is more of a laid-back conservative dude. I think he works for the police, so hopefully he's not going to find my stash. But uh, check Uh out the PWA show at thepwashow.com. Don't you love that? You get to hear our voices even on the commercial break. We can't find. We don't have enough money to hire anybody else to come in and do voiceovers on our commercials for us. <laughs> so <I'm> gonna <laughs> We're gonna talk, do it ourselves. We're gonna talk really low, so yeah. it sounds like a different person. Start using a different accent or something. Yeah, that's our buds at the PWA show, podcasters with attitude. And uh, actually, uh, uh, I haven't even told you this yet. Their uh, their new episode of a one of the hosts does another music show called From the Borough, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a lot of unsigned bands and stuff. And they included one of our commercials on uh, the new episode, which nice. is great. And uh, apparently it got 
tons of traffic. So our uh, numbers actually did a quick spike after that came out. So I want to thank D Brew of uh, from the Borough and PWA show for that. Heck yeah, that's cool. And uh, let's touch on one more uh, music-related topic, and then we have an announcement to make. Uh, the music-related thing, uh, Guns N' Roses just got... Uh, nominated for the Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Aaron? I think it's great. You know, I think it's awesome. Guns N' Roses is one of the best bands of all time, and I think they should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Is there a lot of other bands that should get in before them? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I think Guns N' Roses deserves to be there. And uh, Eddie Trunk, who I'm not the hugest fan of because sometimes he's a bit of a shameless self promoter, but. Uh, I like Eddie Trunk. I like him, but. Well, I'm not going to go on about his tweets, but um, he did he he did an excellent interview a few weeks ago with uh, the the CEO of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, really? Yeah, it's like a four hour long interview. Wow! And he is it, real- is it Eddie just he grilled his him ass hard the whole time. He yeah. grilled him hard, and the guy did put up an interesting argument in, in certain cases. I mean, he but uh, I think Eddie gave got him to bend a little bit about you know Kiss and uh, nice. you know and groups like that not making it in. Um, because there is, I think there is definitely an agenda there, and oh, yeah, there are yeah. certain members of that Hall of Fame voting group that there are certain bands they don't like, and they, a couple of them have even gone public saying, "As long as I'm on this committee, so and so will not get in the Hall of Fame." That's lame. It's lame. They and, must have uh, been at a party with same party as Ace Frehley back in like '78 one time, be like. I'll be dead before this band. <laughs> After what this guy just said to me, I'll be damned if Kiss is ever in the Hall of Fame. That reminds me of a story of the rumor of why Ace has never appeared on the David Letterman show. Have you heard that one? No, but I can imagine, you know, you would think so because he... Of you know, Anton. Because of Anton Fig. Yeah. yeah, well, you would think, yeah, you think, you know, you think by now Ace would have made an appearance at some point. From what I've read, I think this was in one of the Kiss and Tell books, I can't remember for sure. The rumor is that Ace was at one of the Letterman parties back in the early days of Letterman because of, of his friendship with Anton. Right. And the rumor is that he pissed in Paul Schaefer's beer. Oh, no. <laughs> so, and that Paul Schaefer made it clear that he will never appear yeah. as a musical guest on the show. That'll do it. Oh, yeah. That'll do it You don't every piss time. in somebody's beard and no. anthrax, you don't shit on somebody's back. <laughs> so, but... Uh, crazy so the, the, we'll go into that story another time I, gnr i think it's great i mean now but now's the real question who's going to show up for the ceremony right you know axel's been kind of waffling of it it's it's one of those, it's so ridiculous as long as axel and slash exist there's going to be problems right but i think you know and i've seen some stuff on the internet lately where it seems like slash is trying to you know, reach out to Axel a little bit, a you little know, bit. try to, you know, ease the tension a little. Because they all should be there, you know, yeah. all the original members, even Steven Adler. Yeah, why? Well, it's, it's funny because uh, Matt Sorum was interviewed not long ago, and they were asking him about, you know, can you tell us about what you think and, and of, of the ceremony and all that? And, and he was like, and he was very cool. He's always been cool about Adler and everything. And right. it, sometimes sometimes Matt Sorum comes off a bit arrogant, where because he, he's saying something like, uh, on Use Your Illusion, um, after that record, you know, we wanted to go back to our roots. And I'm thinking, that was your first record with the right. band. You don't yeah, have any roots. roots. What are you talking about, Sonic Temple yeah, by the we, Cult? <laughs> we wanted to play songs that sounded more like the Cult. <laughs> it's, that's your roots. I'm like, what are you, don't go, I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, that doesn't really make so sense. So Matt, like Matt Sorum's a bit of a douche, but... Uh, Adler, I feel so bad for Adler because it's like it's he's like a little kid and it's his, his biggest lot. dream is just to get back on stage with yeah. those guys. Although I do have to question, like, do you, would you really trust him over a full scale tour to not get back into the old habits? You'd have to have pay Matt Sorum just to come along. Yeah, as know, a backup, just to come along, just to be there. I wouldn't mind seeing both of them do it. Be like the Grateful cool. Dead, have two drummers on stage. <laughs> 
we'll all be smoking dope in the audience. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the question: is are they gonna are they gonna show up with guns and replacements, or are they gonna show up with the the original band? Because I think Axel's gonna make a push to have the eighteen new members of the band right. be on stage with them at the same time. I don't know, man. So it should be interesting. It's gonna be up to Axel Rose. Ultimately, yeah, it's his call. That's gonna be lame if only one person shows up. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, you might. What if? What if they, he does that and the people there boo him? I mean, that's not inconceivable that that could Oh, happen. no, he might. You know, and, he he's, might get and he's got to consider, he's running a huge risk. Who wants, you're going up to accept a nomination for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which as a band, you know, that should be one of your goals, you know, to one day, you know, we're going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. But, you know, who would, at that moment, when you're there, you're accepting and it's this great honor, supposedly, it's supposed to be. Right. You know, and then they boo you off the stage. You know, he's got to keep that in his head that, that that's a good possibility of that happening. But if he gets the original guys together and they're all up on stage together and they're all being professional about it, yeah. the place is going to go nuts. And there's no doubt about that. It was an inter- interesting point brought up by somebody I know that um, in reality, I guess we're kind of putting them in, a, putting them in for one record. Because, I mean, it really is Appetite that's getting them in the Hall of Fame. Don't you agree? I mean, I like yeah. the Illusion albums, but Appetite was really what made them the sure. massive band that they are. Absolutely. And it's kind of odd. It's like it, it almost gives you a what might have been feeling with how short the the shelf life of that group was. Not not yeah. not including the Chinese Democracy version. Right. Yeah. To but me, like, to me, that's the Axl Rose band. But think of from '87 with Appetite, then you got Lies, then you've got Illusion. Which I'm not even talking about the covers album. That was kind of a waste. Right. But you've got like just a, what, a three, four year period there that they were the biggest thing ever at the time. They were the biggest band on earth. For sure. And it's just, a, but it's amazing to think of how much material we've missed out on over all these years. I know, how good it could have been. It could have been amazing. You I mean, know, and there's always the story about uh, Slash's Snake Pit, that first album, that that's all a bunch of songs that the band had written. Sorum confirmed that. Yeah. Because he said a lot of that was stuff that, he, that Slash had put together for the next Guns N' Roses record, and Axel didn't want to do it. He wanted right. to do this Nine Inch Nails electronica type thing. He was getting into all this big epic. He wanted it to be like a cross of, like, Grand Wad... Elton John epic pieces with right. nine inch nails type electronic stuff behind it, which is what you got on Chinese Democracy. Eh, some. I like Chinese Democracy. I mean, as a whole, yeah, there's some songs on there I just can't get into, but there are some kick ass rocking tunes on that CD. Well, that's what I think that's what kind of makes a lot of people get upset in the first place is because we see what the, the potential could have been. Right. You see what that album could have been. Well, when you listen to that, it's 5 o'clock, somewhere by set, uh, Slash the Snake Pit. Mm. It's a killer album through and through. I mean, really good. Imagine if they would if Axel would have said, no, you know, you're right. Let's stick with what we're doing. Give the fans what they want. Just mm. come out with some kick-ass rock and roll. Let's try to instead of, you know, we'll do it every other album. You know, we'll do, like, uh, we'll do an Appetite and then a Use Your Illusion. Then we'll do an Appetite-style album and then we'll do a little more artsy one, you know, and then really break it up and say, and that's the smart way to do it. You're right. So then you're giving the fans what they want and then you're doing kind of what you want. But yeah. then you're right back to giving the fans what they want, and then you got the freedom to do what you want on the next one. You know, that's, I think, the formula, maybe. Oh, and then he cut his own throat with, you know, he waited 15 years to put this thing out, and then, you know, the record company had forwarded him so much money that there it would have had to have been the biggest-selling record of all time right. to recoup what it what he put into Which it. Which it did okay, but... It did okay, 
but it didn't come anywhere near no. recovering the cost that it took no. to make it. I'm sure Geffen took a bath on that on that whole album. I mean, when it takes that long to make an album, you keep shoveling money into it, money into it, money into it. You know, like you say, when you when it comes out, you know, I remember going to getting it, and the wife asked me, "Well, wow, you know, it's been that long. You know, this should be the greatest album of all time." I said, "Hell, it's it should be. You know, I'm not expecting it to be that because right. of all that time and all that hype." You'd have to put it in and just be completely blown away, you know. Like I, I got to pull over the car. This is so good, I can't even drive. Right. But it just, you know, it's never going to be that. No, probably not. But what are the odds? Maybe that, you know, this would be the ideal scenario. I think, you know, the original band gets back together for the for the nomination, the, the <coughs> acceptance or whatever at the yeah. Hall of Fame. You know, realizes this is what the people want. You know, we could still be the biggest band in the world. You know, we just got to give them what they want and say, let's do it, you know, let's put out a killer rock album that tries to, you know, let's let's match Appetite for Destruction mm-hmm. and see if we can do it. That would be the ideal situation, I think. Well, I, it would be such a shot in the arm for rock music in general. For sure. If they did a comeback. That'd be huge. And I'm hoping Van Halen will bring some attention to it, but the problem with Van Halen is they've been so bad about communicating with anybody right. for so long that they've lost the younger audience. You know, yeah. Axel's put out just enough to keep, to kind of keep that going, but Van Halen kind of shot their wad with the uh, the tour they did a few years ago. This album's gonna have to really have something amazing on it for them to really pull yeah. big numbers. I think. I don't think it's gonna. I don't know that it will outsell what Sonic Boom did for Kiss. I don't know either. You know, you're you're right. It could hit eight. Not that Van Halen isn't bigger than Kiss commercially because they are, right. but because of the way downloading has gotten mm-hmm. and. Van Halen's just bad at marketing. Well, I think, too, KISS was, I guess, smart to partner up with Walmart the oh, way yeah. they did. You know, for Walmart to, even ACDC, to prominently display. You know, when when uh, Black Ice came out, you walked into Walmart, it was ACDC everywhere. You yeah. know, they really pushed that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not so much with KISS, but they still, it was prominent back in the music yeah, department. it was a smart move. So, you know, that's what you have to do nowadays, you know, because people are going to go down, they're going to, you know, they're going to pirate it, they're going to download it, they're going to torrent it, they're going to find a way to get it for free. Yeah. So, you have to catch the people that already have a wallet full of cash or a purse full of cash and they're already here to buy stuff and we'll be walking down the aisle and be like wow it's kiss you know i haven't thought about that band in a long time or acdc well acdc eagles even did it mm. you know you have to put it out there where they see it where they're already spending their cash right That's otherwise true. you know the people that are seeking it out either they're it's going to be one of two categories either they're going to download it somewhere for free they're going to or pay for it download it either way or, you know, they're like me, that if it's something special that you really like, you want that case in your hand. You want to be able to read the liner notes and all that good stuff. And right. I don't think there's a lot of people like that out there. Yeah, I don't either. It's a, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Van Halen. And then also, you've got Kiss's new record coming out um, probably in the mid part of the year, I believe. Uh, Paul Stanley just put up a message uh, today, I think, that... Uh, Oh, you're on top of things. Yeah, I've been reading up and uh, trying to uh, saying that they. I guess they had like two more things to finish up on a couple of tracks and are finished. So, nice. some monster will be coming out in the next few months, and hopefully his voice is recovered from that surgery he had. Yeah, and uh, I'm excited to hear that. But uh, yeah, so I think we'll wrap the talk, the music talk on that, and want to make a couple of quick announcements. Um, me and Aaron are going to be busy. Uh, not just with Decibel Geek, which you're going to have more and more of that stuff soon, but at the same time, we're also helping out with a couple of other podcasts that are near and dear to us. Um, one, I, as some of you know, I sometimes guest on the uh, Podkist. It's the kind of the the Kisses. It's the biggest Kiss podcast. I can't say it's official, but it's the big one. 
And um, I've known those guys for years, and they were part of the reason that gave me the inspiration to do this show. So I owe a lot to those guys, and um, they've uh, they've they've liked this some of the stuff I've contributed, and they like Aaron Camaro here on my show. Awesome, and they uh, like the fact that we both dig Kiss quite a bit, and um, so we're going to be doing some contributions to that show uh, over the next uh, probably the next year. And 2012 is going to be a busy year for us, so we're going to um, be contributing to that. If you want to check out that show, it's podkist p o d k i s s t dot com. And uh, check that one out. There's a lot of good stuff. I've already been on a few episodes, and Aaron's going to be on a few in the future. And uh, we're going to start steering that ship, hopefully, a little bit with some other friends. Uh, another friend of mine, uh, Cassius, who I mentioned earlier with Creatures of the Net, he's going to help out with the show, as well as Matt Porter. And uh, Matt Porter is part of a wrestling podcast called Completely Damaged, and I'm going to probably hook Aaron and Matt up because they could probably have some good stuff to talk about with that show. Well, I've always got stuff to talk about with that. And then... Our other friend is Victor Ruiz, who uh, hosts the Mars Attacks podcast. And Mars Attacks is a great show about rock and metal. And uh, he does this cool series called the uh, Classic Album Series, Mm -hmm. where he will take a certain album like Rust in Peace by Megadeth or Appetite by Guns N' Roses, and he has people from all different parts of the rock and metal world comment on it. And he was nice enough to have me and Aaron come on for a few of these. So you're going to hear our contributions to those shows in the future. And you can those check are out, fun. I enjoyed doing Yeah, that. Victor's a great guy. He works his ass off. And uh, I think it's MarsAttacksRadio.com. There are going to be links for all of these shows in the show notes. So um, it'll be a lot of fun with that. Victor, sorry it took so long with the wrestling answers for your other podcasts. See, we're all busy doing podcasts. Yeah, Vic, and Victor hosts a, a wrestling podcast, too, and Aaron's going to help out on that. It's still real to me, damn it! Right. So uh, I always have to use that when I think of wrestling. <laughs> so, um, but uh, Victor, don't get mad. But uh, Aaron's going to wind up having me in a headlock before this is over with the way I poke, poke fun at these wrestlers. That's so, all right. But anyway, we're going to wrap it up on that. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Have a, have a great time. Don't drink and drive. Blah, blah, blah. Get drunk for January 8th. Why? Because it's January 8th. But that'll do it for this Tom Desperate Podcast. I'm Chris Sinzak with Aaron Camaro. See ya. See ya.